0: Hi, thanks for joining us. My name is Laura, and I'm here with my husband, Kendall. Hey. We live in Austin, Texas, and this is our new podcast called Torqued, a podcast about electric vehicles. So we are owners of an electric hybrid vehicle, and we found ourselves talking about electric vehicles a lot, like in the car, going to the grocery store, commuting. We talk about electrics very, very often. So we figured we might as well create a podcast. So thanks for tuning in. So, Kendall, in our marriage, you have been the one who has been more interested in cars and vehicles across the board. Would you say that's
1: fair yeah i would say that's accurate i have um i have an eclectic taste in vehicles but i always appreciate um vehicles across the spectrum Um, i would say i've always had a little bit of an edge towards some of the nerdy cars um, which probably gave me my spark of interest into electric cars Mm -hmm. but um yeah Mm -hmm. No pun intended, Um, but I I would say that um, I'm definitely the one that's been more interested in cars throughout our marriage.
0: Yeah, I have not been a car person historically. I don't even remember my first car. Wasn't it it like
1: a Ford Taurus or something?
0: I don't know, but I got it from my grandma and then I got a Honda Civic. Or was it
1: a Mercury Sable?
0: It was a Mercury.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I never yes. knew her with this car. You had a Honda Civic, which was one of the things that brought us together because mm-hmm. I had a Honda Civic. I had the hatchback. She had the sedan. Um, it was it was basically meant to be at that I moment. I feel
0: like we're in a Christopher <laughs> Guest movie. There you go. Uh, so I, but I love the Civic. Uh, but cars have always been really just a point A to point B. I like small cars. I like really fuel-efficient cars. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's where it begins, and I don't understand how they work, I don't care, I, <laughs> when uh, people talk about you know racing and things like that, it just goes over my head, but something changed in me when we bought an electric vehicle, and I started to really become a lot more interested in cars than I ever have before. I'm still quite the novice, I would say. Kendall, I think you know a bit more than I do.
1: Yeah, I, I think I've, I've always been sort of careful with my car interests. You know, car interests can turn into really bad habits and get pretty expensive pretty quickly. Um, but you know, we we had an MX Five that was probably the most like interesting car I was willing to buy for us. Um, but I, I would say that um, with electrification, I've seen a, a change in you, and I think it it has something to do with them being new and changing. Your interaction with vehicles, right? Like, if if we think about vehicles, they've always been kind of, um, a, they've gotten to be a big part of American culture and world culture. Actually, they sort of transform the way we live, but they've always been somewhat inconvenient, right? Yeah. Um, and there were, there were these boxes that needed to be tinkered with and fixed, which certainly there's a, there's a huge segment of the population that has enjoyed doing that. I think there's another segment of the population that has found that quite annoying actually, but they don't know that there's an alternative out there.
0: That me, that is me. I, I feel like the cars were doing me a favor. But I, in return, had to do them a lot of favors yeah. on a constant basis. Yeah. And what I have found with electric is that I'm not having to do as many of those favors. So not going to a gas station, huge value add for me. I hate going to a gas station, but I never really realized how much I hate it until I didn't have to do it.
1: What about those oil changes that you, you have to wait on in Austin usually?
0: I also hated those. Yeah. And obviously I don't do them myself. Right. So, right. Yeah, not having to do those with an electric, great value add. Like I will pay more money for the convenience of not having to do those.
1: What about the the guy at Jiffy Lube that always wanted to charge a hundred plus dollars to you know flush your transmission fluid? Right. Like, I mean, th- there's just like item after item on internal combustion engines that, if we step back, we have to acknowledge it's really pretty inconvenient even those of us that enjoy cars and um maybe even automotive technology to a point that i think we have to acknowledge that internal combustion engines they're kind of a headache there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of things to go wrong you know when my my first car was actually a toyota tercel easy in high school and um my dad and i went out and bought it off a guy and a couple weeks later um it was, it was blowing some smoke from from the engine, right? And, and we took it in and we found out that the head gasket was blown, right? And um, this car, I'd paid a whopping $800 for it. It was gonna cost at least that much to get it repaired, right? Like that was my introduction to cars. And I think a lot of teenagers have been through similar experiences, sure. right? Um, I remember another summer, I had worked all, all, all summer, I started working in high school and, um, my chevrolet cavalier had a major fix that basically sucked up every dime that i had managed to save right it was just that was my early experience with cars but Cars also represented freedom. They represented something else. So I was sort of willing to give that into it, but there was a little bit of resentment that it was always sort of taking my money until I discovered Hondas. Hondas, Hondas were a lot better than a lot of the cars I'd owned. Um, but uh, and part of it was just the age, right? Like the Toyota Tercel Easy wasn't a bad car. It was just I, I had an ancient one, right. Um, but I think that the, the simplicity of electric cars, like I've definitely heard that a lot from you that, oh, now the car kind of works for me instead of the other way around sometimes, um, which is really a game changer, um, I would say with personal transportation.
0: Absolutely. Love driving electric. So why don't we next talk about what we own, how we got there and then where we're going. Okay, so we currently own a 2017 Chevy Volt with a V as in victory and we own a 2012 Honda Civic. So what brought us to the Volt? Why the Volt? And we've owned it for a few years.
1: Yeah, so I've been interested in electric cars But I had always been turned off by a couple of things. And I I would credit Tesla with really pivoting my perspective on electrification because Tesla never talked about electrification in terms of um, you know it, it wasn't really all about the efficiency and those types of things that wasn't really where the marketing led it was really about performance right there always talking about these insane numbers going from zero to 60 in a few seconds that were more on par with um you know supercar territory than everyday car territory but the challenge that we had with teslas is they were really expensive you know at the time they had the road and they had the tesla model s And Chevrolet had actually come out with the Chevy Volt and a Cadillac counterpart vehicle came out um, a, a little bit later around that time as well. But it was a more affordable entry point that resolved some of the concerns with the lower end electric cars. So a lot of the electric cars that you could find on the market were actually secondhand cars that were coming out of California as compliance vehicles, because California actually is a state law that requires um, automakers to meet certain standards and offer certain types of vehicles in order to sell cars within the state. Because California is such a big market, everybody built these compliance cars. So um, these, these cars, though, that were coming out of California were all kind of um, boxes, I would say with electric vehicle parts slapped on that had l- relatively low range, but I think I could see in Tesla that, you know, they're out talking about 200 plus, 300 plus mile range on their cars and incredible performance numbers, but we had a reality, like we just couldn't afford a Tesla sure. Model S. And so when the, when the second gen Chevy Volt came out, um, You know, it was kind of an interesting and is an interesting proposition in the sense that it gives you 50 plus miles of all electric range. And then it has a gas generator engine that powers electric back to the car so that if you need to go further, you don't have any range anxiety. So, you know, I saw one car reviewer on YouTube when we were making that decision. He said, you know, if you can't afford a Tesla right now, the, the Volt is really the poor man's Tesla, and that was exactly right for us. You know, it was, it was well-priced and there was a $7,500 tax credit available at the time on Chevrolet electric vehicles that had that type of range and battery. So um, it was really that combination of value and the potential performance that I was seeing on electric cars that got us interested. Um, getting you to the dealership was another story and we should talk about that next so you know you had asked me before laura what got us interested in the chevy bolt and i was kind of telling our story so it that was obviously me kind of heavy as the, the one of us that's a little bit more interested in cars. Um, but, uh, you know, you're a self-professed Honda person, right? Yes. And so when I proposed the idea of buying a Chevrolet to you, um, I, I'd like, I, I think you should share your thoughts on that.
0: I was hesitant to put it politely. Uh, I, was not entirely enthralled by the idea of getting into an American car. I'd driven some, ridden in some Chevys, and they were always just like rattly and clunky and just not the best.
1: And I think, you know, y- your first car was like a Mercury Sable. Um, and Uh, after that short stint I had with the Toyota Tercel EZ that little disaster I I had a Chevy Cavalier and my family had a lot of American cars your family had a lot of American cars and I don't uh, certainly there were fond family memories maybe made going places in those cars but I I know for me I also have memories of those cars breaking down on us you know we were we were going to the state fair in Ohio um one year and and our uh Chevy celebrity broke down on the side of the highway um, and my grandparents had to come bail us out before we had cell phones and stuff, right? So, you know, growing up um, with uh, 80s, 90s and, and early 2000s American cars, like that's not exactly a recipe for reliability, I would say. Right.
0: And then we arrive at the dealership and it was everything I had dreaded and more. It was like going to a frat house. Uh, We drive up and they have these just ridiculous like monster cars kind of jacked up.
1: So for clarification, there were some Chevy trucks that were a little bit raised and some Corvettes outside the dealership.
0: And I had an ex-boyfriend who had a Corvette, so Uh, not exactly like a fan. They're blaring the 80s hair metal out of loudspeakers we had to like shout at the salesperson to communicate with them and when we told them we wanted to test drive the chevy bolt it was not even charged and at that point austin actually had the highest adoption rate of chevy volts in the nation so it didn't exactly leave me feeling like we were Talking to somebody who was enthused about the product that they were selling. We'll yeah. That way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that initial dealership experience was pretty rocky, even for me. I mean, I'd I'd gotten used to having several Hondas, um, the the servicing experience at the Honda dealerships, and immediately, even just on the sales side of the equation, you know, this was a different place, right? Every time somebody would sell a car, when we were talking to the person about the Chevy Volt, they would ring a bell and, you know, do this little, yeah, it was like a (laughs) cowbell thing. And it was, it was a very unpleasant experience. And I would say very off for, um, what a lot of American buyers have gotten used to maybe, um, the strength of those Japanese brands and the way they have have worked with their dealership network to provide a better experience. Like something seemed to be missing there with Chevrolet. And then I think we had that, that, background um, thought in our head that man Chevy reliability. Like those two things in our brains, they, they didn't really go hand in hand at that point.
0: Right. But that car somehow won me over. So I think for me, what pushed me to the point of saying, okay, all of that aside, I still want to buy that car. It came down to, I really love the idea of plugging our car in every evening, which we don't even have to do, but for the majority of the driving that we do, like most people, our daily commute is less than 25 miles each way. So the range on that Chevy Volt, we could be doing all electric every day and come home, plug it in. Don't have to go to a gas station, like that's amazing. So I love that. I loved how once we did get into a charged bolt to be able to test drive, it was so quiet. When you turn your car on, you don't have to hear the sound of the car, the transmission turning over, like revving up, all of that stuff. It is a lot noisier than I think that people realize because that's all they've ever known. But when you try something different, it's really amazing how pleasant it is to get into a car, push a button, and lights come on, but you don't really hear much else. You can hear whatever's on the radio so much more clearly, and you don't have all these fumes. Like, the entire experience is just so much more pleasant. And I found like the ride was very smooth, and even as somebody who's not into cars, the instant torque, being able to put my foot on that pedal and it go, and have to zip around a situation in Austin, like traffic or whatever. Really great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think your perspective there is, is really interesting. It's it's similar to mine, but I think I was more attracted to some of the performance elements on electrification. Um, we'd owned an MX-5, which isn't the most powerful car out there, but its handling dynamics and even its peppiness um, are, are really great. You know, it's a light, well-balanced vehicle. And when we got into the Bolt, you know, that that low center of gravity that the electric car provides, that instant torque and handling were actually very, very impressive. Um, I
0: also, to speak to that point about the low center of gravity and with the weight of the batteries, I just was amazed at how much safer I felt driving that car. As opposed to my Honda Civic, which is a lot lighter on the bottom, and I could I could tell a difference, especially like in rainy conditions. If it's been you know showering or whatever, and the roads are a bit wet, I just feel a lot safer. In yeah, Honda. there's
1: a, there's a confidence that yes. comes with it, and I think your observations are really interesting about how you contrast that to your experience in an internal combustion engine car. You know, there's a really great YouTube video that Engineering Explained uh, put out um, last couple of weeks, I think. And he, he kind of compares the idea that, you know, imagine if for the last hundred years we'd all been driving around in electric vehicles and now we were trying to adopt internal combustion engine mm-hmm. vehicles and what people would say about those experiences between those two things, right? And so a lot of them do echo some of those maintenance challenges that we all don't like. But the other reality is that, you know, in an electric car, you don't have... a transmission usually and so you're not feeling that switch between gears and you know that's gotten a lot better in newer transmissions but the transmission as we know it has been around for like a hundred years and we're still dealing with feeling the shifts you know we we talk about this in our Honda Civic you know Honda's have not been known for great automatic transmissions (laughs) and both of us even in our, our mid 90s Honda Civics you know they were both automatic, but you could feel the shifting oh, yes. going through. And even in our 2012, we still feel the shifting because it does. It has a traditional um, automatic transmission rather than a CVT transmission. Then these CVTs come out, and we've rented a few of those, and it, it kind of feels like you got a rubber band, and you hear the engine revving real high when you need to go, and then it finds a spot. And again, those things are getting better. But if you imagine a world where you never dealt with that, and then you get into cars that don't instantly respond the way that internal combustion engine cars um, don't immediately respond, they don't have that the level of instant torque that electrification brings you. Um, and then, you, you, so you get beyond those performance dynamics, and then you get into some of these comfort aspects of the car. And again, the electrified vehicle wins every time, Right. right. And then, oh, by the way, so so now we have a vehicle that is more convenient, uh, less maintenance, more comfortable, and it's a lot more efficient too, by the way, right? Like side note, but that's not really how electric cars have historically been marketed, but I think it's important, you know, hearing your story and when you tell people that story, I think it's a different perspective on electrification, right? Um, it's not the story of driving around in an Econobox, box, a hybrid, right? It's really the story of, I like it because it's a better product at the end right. of the day. Um, and it happened to be a Chevy.
0: Right, yeah, it's just, for me, it is just a much more pleasant and enjoyable driving experience. And it just happens to be in an electric car. It's great. Okay, so where we are now, we own a 2017 Chevrolet Volt and a 2012 Honda Civic. And we're in a bit of a conundrum. We're trying to make some decisions. So when we bought the Chevrolet Volt in 2017, um, that range, which is fully electric at 50 plus miles, usually when it's fully charged, we get 56, 57 miles. And then you also have a gas engine as well. And that makes up the hybrid component of it. Um,
1: It lets you go an unlimited distance basically if you need to. Right. You can
0: just keep putting gas in the car. Um, but at the time when we bought it, Kendall kind of talked about what else was going on in the industry. Now, 2020, 55 miles of range on all-electric, is laughable, it's It's child's play. And there's
1: so many models on the market now, and they, they have real range, like range that competes with gasoline cars for reasonable prices. Right,
0: and so much has also changed in the past few years in terms of the charging network across the country and being able to plug in in a variety of locations, it's not as... Spotty as it was when we first got the car. Uh, so a lot has changed, and our goal is eventually to be all electric, both
1: cars. Yeah. Correct. And, and it's not only because we enjoy driving that way, but Even with that smaller battery car, we've seen the numbers and they're real, right? So if you go online to Tesla and you try to build a Tesla, you'll notice they have two prices there. They have the actual price that you're going to pay and then the price with savings. And now that the federal tax credits are gone for Tesla, and we'll talk in other episodes about how these federal tax credits work, there's a lot of um, stuff to know. Mm -hmm. yeah. But Tesla doesn't have those. But they'll show you both the actual purchase price and how much you'll save and that's real electric cars are just so much more efficient sure. that we we pay so little to drive now it is it's amazing great. and it's it's great um and the other cool thing is we happen to drive a lot in the city and for city mileage it actually gets better when we're driving on electric in the city than if we were driving gas. It's the
0: inverse of of the old model. Yeah, where, yeah. miles were less efficient.
1: Exactly. But now we're talking about lots of cars on the market that can take us 200 plus miles. Right. And are relatively affordable.
0: So just for frame of reference, Austin to Houston is 150 miles. So if we're talking about cars that can go 200, 250 miles on a single charge, I mean, that's done. We yeah. can go visit friends, family, whatever.
1: And, and that's happening at the same time that the support for um, you know, electrical charging is also really changing and growing rapidly across the country. And we, we saw Tesla really lead with this, but now groups like Electrify America are coming out with high-speed charging networks at key points across our interstate infrastructure. So if you're doing that longer trip, Let's say you need to go 300 miles and you only have a 250 mile electric battery. That's okay. You're gonna stop to go to the bathroom. And as long as you have rapid charging on these cars, you know you can go in, grab yourself a drink, go to the bathroom and take a quick break and you're gonna come back and you're gonna finish your trip just like you would have in a gas car. Right. So, but you don't have to stand out
0: there by that gas pump.
1: That's right. You can you can sit in your car. You can, um, in Texas, this is really important, you can run the air conditioning, keep yep. it all preconditioned, right? And you can do that anywhere. Look, Laura, we, we forgot to mention that, right? So we can actually precondition our car in our garage without worrying about, you know, killing ourselves in our house with emissions coming off from from preconditioning our car so one of the things we found is that in these super hot texas summers we no longer have to deal with the hot weather inside our car we're always getting into a preconditioned air-conditioned car that is super comfortable even when it's 100 some degrees outside and yeah i know some of the ice engines can do that as well but they can't do it when they're sitting in the garage without you Spewing,
0: killing feelings.
1: yourself, so yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the big question has become for us, what are we gonna do? So in a future episode, we're gonna talk about all the different models that we are considering, the pros and cons of each of those, uh, and also probably just some more news about what's happening in the industry, because so much is happening. So stay tuned.